So just a quick look then at what's coming up on the show. Um, over the next three hours, you can expect, uh, we'll get into our thinking point today. Our thinking point will be focused on uh, supply chain officials who are under siege. And uh, that's a conversation that uh, I'm, I'm at least um hoping is going to generate quite a bit of conversation and what are some of the patterns that we're seeing uh, in private and the public sector over how those who raise issues of corruption, especially who work in the supply chain procurement space, how they responded to uh, within organizations and institutions. 10 o'clock, We'll be looking at the call for cooperation. This is on the extradition of suspected criminals. And uh, South Africa is basically appealing to uh, countries where they who countries where they are people who are accused of committing crimes in the country to assist them in bringing those individuals back. You uh, would be justified if you're thinking along the lines of your Prophet Shepherd Bushiri, some of the Guptas, and we'll find out exactly then what uh, this call entails. 10.30, we'll look at the student shutdown. You'd remember that today, a national shutdown being called across universities. Ishmael Mnisi is the spokesperson for the Department of Higher Education. And Dr. Badilu Hoda is the former statistician general of South Africa. They'll be talking to us about that matter. And 10 o'clock, we'll focus on the Port Elizabeth name change, and we'll be speaking to Koi activist Christian Martin and Professor Bani Pichana. They'll be uh, basically con- uh, debating the issue of the name change and its relevance because we know that it has been quite a contested one. So uh, why and how did we get to this space? So interesting, over the weekend I saw um, an article in one of the papers. It was the City Press and it was about how t- charges are often trumped up against officials in procurement. And this is for raising their concerns about corrupt deals. Now, pro- procurement professional Lebolizualo uh, used the example of ESCOM's suspended chief procurement officer, uh, that's Soli Chitongo. And you'd remember that his case is now before Parliament. Parliament is going to be investigating whether, in fact, he was victimized um, by the ESCOM executive because he raised issues about certain deals that were being entered into that he says are corrupt. But she argues that his case is an example of how charges can be fabricated against supply chain professionals when they try and root out corruption or even highlight it. And one would anticipate that, you know, you think you're doing the right thing, you're raising uh, concerns about this, and often it is welcomed by organizations their promises that it will be addressed but before you know it you find yourself out of the job that has been part of the pattern and um, the hashtag supply chain against corruption petition is now circulating it's calling for the president to take on the plight of officials within the supply chain industry and to really ensure that there are mechanisms in place to protect these officials and protect their jobs Ruben Maleka is the spokesperson of the Public Servants Association. Mr. Maleka, good morning to you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Firstly, I just wanted to find out from you, how prevalent is the behavior and the victimization of 
those individuals who raise their voice around wrongdoing that they see in organization? Thank you, Katie. Uh, this is a very, very much important topic to us as a union. Um, I think uh, 60 to 80% of our cases that members come to us is about issues of supply chain management. Mm. Let me remind you of um, the Nganza issue during the time when it was under public works, procurement and the you know, swimming pool and everything. Those mm. members that were involved there, they were PSA members. And fortunately, they were implicated in a system where they were actually being given instructions without being option to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And we fortunately we have managed to to secure, uh, you know, ex- they were exonerated from the charges. And now as we speak today, we are sitting with uh, plus minus 10 members at uh, Bait Bridge that were involved in that, uh, you know, building of that particular fence. And one of the main issues that comes out of the supply chain management, which is a problem, it is what is called emergency procurement, what is called deviation from regulations and policies to procure an emergency item. And the sad part is that when this thing happens, we have what is called a technical technical committee. Mm -hmm. People who look at the technical part of the implementation of the project, but the problem sits with the people who are going to appoint the service provider. They are called supply chain management, where they're going to look at the pricing and also they're going to look at the BEE. And that's where the problem starts. So effectively, what we are seeing in the system is that oftentimes it is the people who are acting on instructions that are being held culpable um, for the decisions that are being made, perhaps a level above them. But because it's their signature that's on the paper, they are the ones that are held to account. Definitely. That is what exactly every day we have to deal with in representing our members in the various bargaining council and the CCMA. As I speak right now, I was actually before, even actually yesterday, reading some of the charges of certain members that have been charged. You can see that this person is being given instruction to say, look, you need to do this as an emergency. Now they follow all the treasury regulations, go through the process, but ultimately, even the judge says that this was instruction from the top, this is instruction mm-hmm. from the minister. But once the process has been followed and they are doing the uh, process in terms of what the policy advised them and something goes wrong, then they are being charged. So we need to come up with a process of say, but why is many instances, this kind of instruction when they come, they come heavily. They are just being told by a very senior person or even politician to say, I want these things to happen, and mm. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I want these things to happen tomorrow. And when the Auditor General comes and do the audit within the departments, and our members found to have not you know, followed or flouted some of the procedures, they are the ones who are counts, they are the ones who have been charged, and the parent with authority who's actually given instruction is left there, is not even coming out to say, look, it was my instruction. And that is the main challenge that our members are faced with. Mm-hmm. And they don't know where to run because sometimes we have been told that if you don't do it, you, you jump out of the, the department. 
that's just one part of how, you know, this plays itself out within the public sector. Talk to me about those who raise concerns. So they're given an instruction and they can see that what they're about to do is unlawful or they pick up irregularities within the process and raise them. And these people then become victimized. How often do you see that happening? That 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 happens almost daily, and we know that those once you raise the voice of a particular irregularity in a department, and we know that involve big guns and it is huge money. There's even possibility of a person being threatened, his life being threatened. Many are forced to even resign because you know that obviously it's either you're going to be charged, or you are going to be intimidated, or you are going to be followed. So that to extend that even threatens your your security. So those kind of happenings are prevalent in the public service, and really the honest working members of PSA and and other employees in supply chain management are afraid. And obviously, the main is that what about my life? Mm. What would happen to me if? I raise these kind of things. So, we want, yeah. uh, so, so what can be done to protect them and to also ensure that the system can handle these reports and that people aren't going to be victimized because ultimately we need to find some way of ending corruption? Definitely. I think that you are correct. I think if we can have trust that if I report a matter to the police, it would not be a matter that you hear uh, somebody that I've reported coming back to me and said, oh, I know you have opened a case against me and I'll deal with you. So we need an honest system. The system needs to be honest, also not within departments, but the authorities that deals with this kind of crime. The police, the SIU, if we can have, you know, our members have trust that if I report a matter to the police, I'm not going to be hearing from someone else to say that, no, don't worry, the case is going away and we're going to deal with you. We need that honesty. All right. Ruben Malika is the spokesperson for the Public Servants Association. How do we create a culture of no corruption when this kind of behavior is allowed to take place and people continue to be victimized? I'll be taking your calls after this.